Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. A Facebook memory popped up on my timeline today. It was episode 13 of Feeling Twisty. It's been a year now. The title of that episode is, I lived the wheelchair life until I learned to truly move. And in that episode, I talk about how I was bound to a wheelchair, but I began learning how to move in imagination. I'd been listening to Neville on YouTube for three or four weeks. He was telling me who I really am, that God is all imagination and man is imagination and God is man and man is God. I grew up in a very religious home with the traditional ideas of God, but what Neville was saying didn't come as a complete shock to me. Years before, way back in college, I came across Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And over the years, I'd read many other things like Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God series. And every one of those things that I came across were perfect for me at the time on this adventure of awakening. But those teachers and others didn't make it as simple as Neville and didn't speak as plainly. Neville said that my own awareness of being is God because God's name is I am. It isn't some all-powerful being up there somewhere saying his name is I am. That's one way I was taught. Imagine a conversation between Moses and God on the mountain. Moses asks his name, you know, what's your name? Who do I tell the people of Israel you are? And God answers with some attitude, "Uh, just tell them that I am that I am. As if he doesn't have the time to bother with some puny humans about his real name. (laughs) So he's being intentionally aloof. I'll just, I am what I am. Don't bother me. That's kind of the way I was taught that God is too wonderful to even tell us his name. That's not what was happening. It's saying that the I amness of each one of us, the beingness of every one of us, is this almighty power that we used to worship outside of us. Neville said that this awareness is God or imagination, and God in action, God imagining, is Christ. That was a new concept to me. Even though the Bible I had grown up relying on was telling me that all along. 1 Corinthians 1.24 says, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Can't you see for yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? In the 17th chapter of Luke, When asked when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus says, you're not ever going to find the kingdom by looking for it. And don't believe anyone telling you that it's over here or over there or at our church or you'll find the kingdom by, you know, sending money to this evangelist. (laughs) Jesus says, the kingdom of God is already within you. He's telling us. Don't go looking for it. It's not coming at some point in the future on a white horse or after a tribulation, after the Antichrist takes over the world and everybody has 666 on their forehead. And if you don't, you get your head chopped off and all that stuff that I was taught as a kid. He's saying, 
Stop looking for it. You're never going to find it out there because the kingdom of God is already within you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that God's spirit lives in you? Way back in the Old Testament, in the 22nd chapter of Joshua, they make this realization as well, that God is within. In the story, there was a dispute between different tribes of Israel. Now, prior to this, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but you may recall the story of the Exodus. Moses leads the Hebrew children or the Hebrew people out of Egypt through the wilderness for 40 years to the promised land. And during their uh, time in the wilderness, God instructs them to build a tabernacle that they can take with them. And then this tabernacle, is this, in this holy of holies within the tabernacle, is God. God is within the tabernacle. And to take it with you wherever you go. And if you take the time to look at the description on how it's built, it's surrounded by animal skins and it's mobile. Well, what is something that you take everywhere you go and is covered in hair and skin? You, your own body. And God is within you. That temple because temple is another word for tabernacle. You are the tabernacle of God. It's not something you've, you know, set up when you make camp and there, well, there's God. He's in there now. Okay, we got to move, pack up God in the tabernacle, roll it up, put it on the wagon and let's go. As with all of us, we go through states of consciousness thinking that God is in a place somewhere separate from us, a temple built by hands. We must go to that church or that temple or that synagogue to interact with God. So anyway, in the story, Joshua tells the tribes that they will build an altar, but not one for actual burnt offerings and sacrifices like their ancestors used to do. So not one that worships an outside God. He says, what was thought of as the physical altar and tabernacle that their forefathers built is a pattern to follow. He says, we'll follow the pattern of the tabernacle. Peace is found between the tribes when they realize that God is within them. That's my summary of the story. <laughs> These are, aren't actual people, not in a literal history. This is internal. So I find my peace within myself when I stop thinking of a God outside of me as some being demanding rituals and sacrifices and tithes and offerings in some temple built by man and know that God, I am is actually within me. As I was listening to Neville and reading, checking out the scriptures, the ones he referenced and others that I looked up on my own using my concordance, I started to see the Bible and myself in an entirely different way. He said that I can move into any state of mind and imagination, even though my physical circumstances say otherwise. He said to take up the challenge from Paul to test yourselves. So that's what I started doing. It was the perfect time for me to find Neville and start learning this art of imagining. I was stuck in bed because I had cracked my tailbone after falling out of my wheelchair. So I had nowhere else to go but in imagination. And at the time, the idea that a diagnosis of permanent brain damage and a movement disorder could actually be reversed was still very uh, uh, foreign to me. That was still out of the question. 
okay, I'm stuck with this, but what else can I do? That was my way, uh, the way I saw it. So when I say I started moving in imagination, I wasn't imagining being healed, not at the time. That was too much for me to contemplate. But uh, that was a state I was in. I know now, I understand that whole idea was a state I was occupying, that, that being healed was impossible. Lying in bed, I would just go places. Neville talked about how Abdullah taught him to move in imagination. He said he'd sit in one part of his apartment and imagine himself in a different location, in another room, or sitting by the phone in the hallway. And sitting in that chair, in imagination, he would think of other places in his house and think of the room where his body actually is. Think of it from that other perspective, from that other point of view. And he'd actually be seeing this apartment from this imaginal point of view. And he said as he got more comfortable with doing it, he would imagine he was standing on the sidewalk in front of his New York apartment, seeing his world from that point of view. That's what I started doing, imagining I was in other parts of my house. Then as it got easier, I would go farther out to my street, to my parents' house, any location I could think of. After that, I did the same thing with time. I would imagine being back in my childhood home on Center Street, in my bed, or playing in the backyard. I picked times to visit that I clearly remember, like playing in the snow when I was four years old, or the Christmas morning when I got my G.I. Joe Adventure Team vehicle. I don't know if you remember that. It was yellow and had six wheels. A lot of fun. <laughs> so I picked moments that I remembered and moved back, in, in, back into those moments. I tried all sorts of things, memories that were familiar to me. All of these activities were me getting to know how to move in imagination. As I learned, I started to make little changes to my state, my body of beliefs. And I really wasn't thinking about states. At the time, I, I really didn't understand what that was all about, that concept. But I was making changes to what I believed was possible. I stopped thinking of conditions and diagnoses as permanent and unchangeable to maybe change is possible. It was a little shift, just a small shift in my body of beliefs. But a change, no matter how small, will produce a change in my world. It has to, by making the little change of what I thought was possible, moving into the state of health or specifically being done with my diagnosis, became easier. I still move in imagination just for the joy of movement, expanding my awareness. There's no end to the expansion, so why do I want to stop? But I enjoy it so much. I also do it in those times that I've been sick or in pain over the last few years. And this topic came up in a conversation I had with a friend yesterday. She has a diagnosis that seems to many people as unchangeable and permanent, but I know she knows differently. Our conversation was about those times when symptoms flare up and it's difficult or becomes more difficult to remain in that healthy state. I know personally, I know it's easy to stay in a state of my wish fulfilled if the symptoms are minimal or not as severe or numerous as they could have been or as they used to be. Those times it's easy to stay in the state. 
After the initial healing, anytime I started having symptoms of one kind or another, not related to the previous diagnosis, all kinds of thoughts would run through my mind. Like, I'm not doing this right. What's wrong? I'm a failure. I'm a fraud. I was reacting to the conditions as if they had control over me. Now, my friend knows all about reactions and states. She's been studying Neville for a good while now. Our chat centered on what to do on those days when the symptoms seem to be shouting for attention. If I haven't done something, uh, I don't share it on here. Now, I will share other people's experiences, but primarily I talk about things that I know works for me, that I, and I know works for anyone and everyone if they apply it. But specific things are always from my own experiences. That's what I want to stick to on here. So I can only share with you my experience and how it works for me. I told my friend that I move, and I'm not talking about just getting back into the state of my wish fulfilled. I'll just give you an example. One day, uh, well, it was a, two days, a course over the course of two days, not too long ago, I was at Home Depot with Kim when I started having crazy, intense pain on the left side of my chest and back. It was so bad, like somebody was hitting me with a bat. I doubled over in pain, and I spent the next day and the next taking it easy, lying in bed. And over the course of those days, those two days, other symptoms started showing up. Numbness in my arm, pain in my neck and jaw. I didn't go to WebMD or Google to look up the symptoms. I didn't need to. A diagnosis, whether it's from a website or from a doctor, it really means nothing to me. No doctor could tell me the true cause of any ailment. Or oh, they'll say things. Oh, it's caused by this. This is causing this. You're having a heart attack, dude. Or, you know, stop drinking so much. I know I am the cause. I am the operant power. And there is no other. So I did what I know to do. I moved into a healthy state. Lying in bed with the chest pain still going on, I just took a moment and imagined going down the stairs in my house, fast and stompy. Boom, 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 boom. That's what Kim says I sound like, coming down, down the stairs. Well, not just Kim. The kids agree that I stomp when I come down the stairs. I think it goes back to uh, having so many years of not being able to go run up and down the stairs without falling and then eventually having to live downstairs. Uh, it comes from all of that, I think. To be able to do that, to move freely now, hell yeah, I'm going to run my ass up the stairs and stomp the shit out of the stairs when I come down. <laughs> it feels good. So that's what I imagined doing in that moment. It took, took a couple of seconds. I just imagined boom, 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 down the stairs. The symptoms remained for the rest of that day and the next. And I remained in that healthy state. I knew my imaginal act and trusted it, believed in it, knew that it was done. But I still, uh, still knowing that, I still took time to just leave that body behind. And this is what I shared with my friend. Lying in bed, feeling that pain. I'm not going to, you know, I wasn't lying here thanking, being thankful for the pain. Oh, thank you for this pain. It's teaching me a lesson. Everything. I look at every moment, any circumstance that I'm going through that, uh, in particular, uh, well, 
every circumstance, but specifically these moments of pain or when I'm feeling bad, I know I caused it. So this is the perfect opportunity for me to expand my awareness, to move more in imagination. So lying in bed, I would pick any place, a wonderful place, some place I love being or some time I have enjoyed. It doesn't matter if it's a movement in space or time or both, but I move just like I did when I was stuck in bed those years ago. I'm going all over the place in imagination, disconnected from the focus on the pain I'm feeling in the body. When I first started doing it, I was just starting to peel back the layers of what I thought of reality. Now, after a few years, I'm still exploring and peeling back layers of understanding. There's no end to expansion. This body, this concept of I am just this body and everyone else is separate from me, that's the limit of contraction. And then we turn around and make that spiral journey upward as we awaken to who we really are. So there's no end to expansion. Even though I know who I am, I'm never going to stop expanding while in this garment. I know I have this body this time around, but I never have been this body. So it's not a problem for me to leave it every now and then. If I'm lying here in bed, I know I've planted the seed. I know I'm dwelling in a healthy state, but I'm still going to have some fun and use the opportunity to move in imagination. I'm not trying to escape it or run from what my body is feeling. I know it's the result of a state. So if I'm stuck in bed or my body is feeling like crap, yeah, I take a break from it. I have already moved back into a state of health, but I'm going to have some fun in this moment. By making these exercises and movement a daily habit, things will start to crack open for you. You'll see that you're not your body isn't just some cute little saying, but it's literally true. For me, it relieved the pressure of having to be healed. I'm not saying I was willing to just accept any diagnosis, but this is just a garment I am wearing for the time being, and the pressure lightens. Some of the wildest revelations have come to me when I'm moving in imagination for the pleasure of it without the pressure of trying to fix specific things. Neville says our divine purpose isn't to get things, but to know imagination. And of course, use the law, apply the law to get things. Imagination, with a capital I, is God. Our awareness of being. So what better way to get to know imagination than to start applying imagination every day in all sorts of ways? By use of this law. Going through your day, if something pops up in your mind and you think, gee, I wonder if I could use imagination for this. I can tell you the answer is always yes. If you're wondering it, do it. Apply the law. On this level, we waver and doubt. We're wishy-washy. But to imagination, it's always yes. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And Christ is God imagining. Christ is the power and wisdom of God that is within you. So whatever you're imagining, your awareness of being says, yes, let's do that, even if it's shitty. <laughs> Jesus is the Father. He says so. John 10.30, the Father and I are one. 
And Christ is the power and wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is within us. So Jesus, the Father, is imagination. And the Father in action, imagining, is Christ. That's the power within every one of us. God is I am. My awareness of being and what I add to it through imagining is what I will express. I am, that's God. And what I add to that, God imagining, is who and what I am experiencing. By moving in imagination daily, applying the law for anything and anyone, I can't help but get to know imagination in a more intimate way. And as I do that, I stir up my true self, my dimensionally larger self, and begin to awake, to remember the being I really am. You can't help but activate your truest potential if you make it a daily habit to apply it. In Genesis, it tells us that all living things will produce after its own kind. Whatever you are conscious of being, you will express. You will produce in your world according to your kind what you are imagining. Neville calls this the law of identical harvest. Whatever seeds I plant in imagination will take root and sprout in my world, unless I intentionally or unintentionally dig up the seed. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty. 